2: Shefty always needs it. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three, one. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. He steps into it. Passes. Side Sideline. Touchdown. Unbelievable. Vikings win
1: it! He's got goosebumps again listening to. Joe Buck on the call there. Mackie and Joe with Rami here. Score North and the Score North app. It is a Friday fun day on the show, which means a couple things. We will get into the second ever episode of Action Movie Rewind today at five o'clock. I'll take you guys to the bank, the blood bank, so at good. five o'clock. So today. good. This this is going to wind up just being like, our show is just going to be five-day-a-week action movie rewinds at some point in the next six weeks. There's no live sports. Can I make an appeal right now for if the hard-to-kill
3: conversation is good, it goes two segments perhaps?
1: Well, that's why so that's why we tweet segments. It today.
4: Every segment is 25 minutes. You want
3: to go a whole hour? <laughs>
1: well, but here's what Last happened.
3: Last week I felt I mean, we Heart shorted to kill was pretty damn I good. felt we shorted Claude Van Damme just a little bit.
4: This
1: is the adjustment that was made. Okay? Last week we put <laughs> Action Movie Rewind at 4:30, okay? And we were we were 25 26 okay. minutes into the segment. Yep. We're up against the top of the hour. <laughs> we've good. got other things scheduled. We've yep. got, you know, we've, 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 we 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 got to move on at some point. And we were just kind of pressed up against the top of the hour there. So I figured, and and Judd voiced his to me correct displeasure that we had there was more space to explore with Bloodsport. Really? And John you thought Clyde there was more meat oh. on that bone? Absolutely. You think so? So much more. Okay. Phil was
3: confusing Van Dam films that we could have gotten into that whole that's conversation. True. Yeah, that's true. A, he brought yeah. up a film that we hadn't watched, and he thought that was part of Bloodsport. I mean, yeah. I'd
4: seen it, I just
1: didn't recall. And so today, <laughs> on my to do list, in order to explore the space as much as needed. We are going to put Action Movie Rewind at 5 o'clock. Okay. And the only thing standing in its way is the end of the show. We could even bring Roycey in, rap with Roycey at the end. If, if if it goes an hour, it goes an hour. We'll see what happens. I'm going to guess Roycey probably hasn't seen Hard to Kill. I don't think he doesn't Chuck strike man. County. You
3: Actually, don't think he's a checkmate? Right, we'll, okay. we'll save it. Sorry. We'll save it.
1: We'll save it. We'll save it. so excited. Right. Uh, also, a special edition of Ask Mackie and Jeb with Rami at 4.30 today. And Rami was. I love it when Rami discovers Minnesota sports things, and we get to explain things. Uh, he discovered some classic Kirby Puckett audio Dude, that we so will good. play. It's so good in about twenty-five minutes on the show. But just to just to rehash this, this aired last night on Fox Sports One. He
2: steps into it. Passes.
1: I'm throw this to Judd because this question was Judd's idea, and uh, this this game was being re-aired while we were doing the Mackie and Jub with Rami quarantine happy hour with Lindsey Whalen, which you can find on our podcast feed. But I made meatloaf; it was very good. People so were complaining delicious. that that your microphone was picking up too much of the chopping of celery, so we can make adjustments for next. I thought time. you guys muted me when I was chopping. We did, but we don't want. I want some ambient chopping of celery. We can just maybe find a middle ground with with the audio. You're we're, not a we're still working on it. right now. What's
3: that ballpark noises?
1: Are we going to do that again? I miss ballpark
3: noises. I got calls. I mean, I'm down on Vent Line today, saying I'm in for it. We love ballpark noises. I'm here for it. There's no downside to ballpark noises, sir.
1: Let's not overuse ballpark noises, but let's do it for this first segment at least. Okay. All right, Jonathan can can find it and pull it up. But I want to throw this to Judd, yeah, because they ran the Minneapolis Miracle game last night on Fox Sports One. Pose your question, if you will. All right. Two questions, but I'll pose question
3: one. It's probably the most important one. Minneapolis Miracle. 17 nothing. A 13-3 and Vikings team at home held a lead on the Saints. Rami Makloff and Phil Mackey. At halftime of that game, it had the potential to be the reverse of... Thank you, Jonathan Harrison. The reverse of the 41-donut loss. I don't hear it, Jonathan. There we go. Good. So this was this was a Viking route. The first quarter, the Vikings were beyond dominant. Great defense, all right? The Vikings subsequently blew that lead and trailed late in that game a couple of times before Stefan Diggs catches the ball. The Saints' safety, we still don't know why, tries to make an immediate hit on Diggs, and Diggs scores, and yes, there's jubilation. It's very cool. Mm-hmm. It was lots of fun. Anyway, my question to both of you is this. If the Will-Lutz field goal wins that game, and let's say Stephon Diggs is either tackled inbounds or Forbath misses a field goal to end that game, what do the Vikings look like today? And I've got thoughts, but I want to start with you guys. What do the Vikings look like today after blowing a 17 nothing lead and going one and done in a 13-3 season?
1: Hmm. So... I think there's a good chance and there were some rumblings about this two years ago. I think there's a good chance if, if the season ends with them blowing a seventeen point lead at home in the first round of the playoffs or the second round of the playoffs, I think there's a chance Mike Zimmer gets fired. So I think I think my, I think the like the biggest thing that could have happened was Mike Zimmer gets fired. Although he did just coach the best defense in the NFL. So I, I wouldn't put it at like a seventy five percent chance, but I think there's a chance. He gets fired after that game. Yeah, really. I'm not. Again, I'm saying Mm -hmm. non-zero chance. I mean, that was what his third year. Uh, Fourth fourth, year. Okay. Fourth year. Yeah. Fourth year. And there was some. There was like the year before. There was some tumultuous stuff, and you know it was a little bit shaky. But I actually think if he doesn't get fired, thank you, baseball ambience. I actually think they still proceed with moving on from Case Keenum and signing Kirk Cousins. I don't think the outcome of that game changes anything for their quarterback situation, which is the most important thing that, you know, can be determined for a team. So if they blow that lead and Stephon Diggs doesn't score that miracle touchdown, I think Kirk Cousins is still signed to be the starting quarterback
4: a month later. Yeah, I don't think that changes the quarterback situation at all. I don't think it cha- I don't think it changes it one bit. How much do you think it changes things with Stephon Diggs? Does it change anything about Stefan Diggs and his stature and, and Vikings lore or as a Vikings wide receiver? I think it does because if they
3: lose that game, Zimmer and Spielman are not fired. They still go get cousins almost certainly. But I'm leaving everything else, gentlemen, the exact same, which means they go eight seven and one and miss the playoffs in two thousand eighteen, and both of them, or at least the head coach, are fired. And if they had, and then they would have gone out and hired an offensive coach almost certainly for this past season. Oh, wow. To replace Zimmer. Oh, wow, this is a whole another. And an offensive timeline. and an offensive coach is going to look at Stephon Diggs and say, "I have been blessed with a top ten wide receiver. Stephon Diggs is getting the football from Kirk Cousins no matter what." So So I think Zimmer gets fired after 2018 because you then whiff on the playoffs.
1: So you think that getting to the NFC Championship game bought Zimmer enough leeway to have a mediocre season in 2018, right? Yeah. You're saying the difference between getting to the NFC Championship game and not actually saved Mike Zimmer's job after the following season. Absolutely. I can buy that. I can buy that. Uh, And if they do bring in a more offensive-minded coach... You're right. Stefan Diggs probably doesn't... Like, Stefan Diggs gets targeted 40 more times last year. Another yep. strikeout there. And he's not... Yeah, that. Oh, that's... Is this, by the way, is this the same ambient game that we yeah. heard yesterday? I mean, why would we change? Okay, I'm just wondering.
0: Successful the first time. And
1: how many of these do you think are out there for Jonathan to find? Actually, are there any ones from, like, Japan or Korea? Let me see. Or the World Baseball Classic? Just nothing with I, I Vuvuzelas. Need, I need some Vuvuzelas. No, nothing
4: with Vuvuzelas.
0: Oh, I'm on, finding please. Vuvuzelas I'm wow. some Cowbell. Can you my find my one with Cowbell? Man.
4: No, I'm Bell. quarantining uh, at home. At home. Cowbell used sparingly. <laughs> no. I got we'll into a that. fight with the Oakland A's Twitter account about the cowbell in their stadium.
3: You get into more fights <laughs>
2: with Twitter accounts than
0: anyone
4: I know. You really do. <laughs> so, all right, so just if, AL West teams. It seems. <laughs> <laughs> so if we take
1: Judge Theory to the next level, okay? Let me then pull up a list of coaches that were hired. After the 2018 season. Perfect. So co- coaches that were rookie coaches last year, okay? Because this would have... I'm just going to give you all of them. This was this would have been the list, right? If your theory is right, mm-hmm. that the rope would have been shorter. Mike Zimmer would have lost his job after the 2018 season. Mm-hmm. Then these are the coaches that they would have been choosing from, in theory. Bruce Arians got hired to be the Bucks coach last year. Mm. Adam Gase... I'm gonna write these down with that wildly uncomfortable press conference where his <laughs> eyes were darting in 60 different places. He was chasing the, the chasing the red dot, chasing the taco. Brian Flores became the Dolphins head coach. Yep. Okay. Matt LaFleur became the Packers head coach. Yep. Vic Fangio left whatever Italian restaurant he was working at to become the Denver Broncos coach. Bears guide from defense. So Noel. Okay. Zach Taylor. Became the Bengals coach. Mike Sherman's son-in-law, yep. One of the youngest coaches in the NFL. And then Cliff Kingsbury left the college ranks to become Arizona Cardinals coach. Sean McVay's friend. Which one of those coaches, Judd, play out your theory to the nth degree here. Which one of those coaches would be the Vikings head coach right now if Stefan Diggs doesn't score a touchdown to end the Minneapolis Miracle Game? Is Spielman still GM or no? I think so. Okay. Spielman seems to be, like, Spielman... I'm not going to say he's I'm not going to say he's uh he's got the Terry Ryan treatment from 5 years ago where he's just going to be the general manager as long as he wants. At least that's what the poll ad said at the time.
3: You know what? You got job security. You know what? If you're Rick Spielman at that point and you say to yourself, Mike Zimmer's team uh team's flamed up, but we're still competitive, which is what the Wilfs want, right? Mm-hmm. Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians. Solid quarterbacks coach. Solid offensive coach, loads of experience. I'm a big Bruce Arians guy. Likable guy. I think. I think he would sort also of also a leader of
1: men, right? Y- Which yes. Is...
3: And I do, and I think that that he would be perceived not only as the anti-Zim because of his expertise on the offensive side of the ball as opposed to defense, but also an l- older guy, but not really cantankerous. And Mike is pretty cantankerous. I'm going to say Bruce Arians based on pr- wow. on on pressure on Rick to win.
4: Wow, oh, this is this is Rob or Phil. What do you think? I love it. I love Reckless. the idea. Speculation. Wow,
3: because Kingsbury, if you think that you can win, you're going to get a college guy. I'm not saying he won't be good eventually, but I think there'd be some trepidation there.
1: Yeah, and the and and when the Cardinals hired Kingsbury, they were in full-on bottom-out rebuild mode. Going to draft draft their future quarterback, right? When the Vikings emerged from a mediocre but not disaster 2018 season, if they would have made a coaching change, they would have been looking for someone not to start over with, but someone to take a team that had just gone to the NFC Championship game and get them over the hump, right? Let's get right. back to where we were. And Bruce Arians would have been the likely guy on
4: that list. I like it. Boy, that's a fun alternate reality. Bruce Arians is the Vikings head coach. Can I throw another one at you? Can I get the harps again? Can I get the harps strings for my alternate reality? Speculation. This guy didn't get hired in that window, but his name was thrown in the hat for every job that was out there. And this guy took over a similar situation to what you're talking about, Mackie, where it was not a bad team, but it was a team that can, can't kind of hit the wall, had an old-school defensive-minded head coach. They brought this guy in, and he won a Super Bowl. John Gruden. Head Whoa. coach of your Minnesota Vikings wow. after the 2018 season. Whoa, hmm? huh? Whew. I feel like <laughs> that... now he was—he already had a job. Did he? he, he no, was, he wasn't with the Raiders yet, he, was he? They, I thought this—this this, this was his second year, wasn't it? Or was this his third year? This—this
1: this will be his third year this year. He's been with the Raiders for two years, okay. so he got hired. Eleven and twenty-one. So then he would have been—you would have been trying to hire him. Away from the ten-year contract mm. that he signed. Yeah. yeah. Now I think that is fun, though. Now that I do think
3: a Gruden, a
1: guy oh, like, Hold on a second. Yeah. a yep. big play there. Oh, oh it's a home oh, run! Oh, there it's it a is. home run! Wow. That's the one. I wasn't sure if it got over L- the wall. Guys, Lamy was thought, thought
3: was in the gap.
2: Yeah.
1: Let's literally do this every single day, like Groundhog Day, <laughs> and react. Let's
2: interrupt every first segment with that same home totally. run. <laughs> the home
0: run
4: with the foghorn and the fireworks. <laughs> Great. So so the Gruden
3: thing if you went down they that it. path they love it. I think Spielman would have had to be fired too because I think Gruden yeah, Gruden's yeah. got complete control. Yeah, he wants to buy so the groceries. So if they both had got blown out, then that that type of hire is very plausible because I bet the Wolves would love a guy like Gruden.
2: Reckless speculation.
1: That's fun that's a, that's a fun alternate reality. Who's funnel. your hire? If, if you can't have
3: Arians, I who's your I think exploring
4: hire? alternate realities might be a fun little exercise while we have no actual sports to talk about. Let's guys. add it to the segment list. It's great. Alternate
1: realities.
3: Alternate realities. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> we'll just,
1: fact, people should send us tweet at us. At Phil Mackey, at Jay Zolgad, at Rami is tweeting. Just pick out things that have happened in Minnesota sports the last 30 years or even just in national sports.
4: And we'll pretend it didn't happen. And, and, and then we will tell all you what would have happened. I right. love it.
1: And then we'll float it to Mike Greenberg, and it'll become a segment on Get Up here pretty soon. <laughs> you know, it's what not a 100%. bad idea. It's not a bad idea. Like this is not this is a pretty good idea. <laughs> it's a really good idea. We just stumbled out for Minnesota out here. sports. Yeah, we're it's getting, really good. We're really getting nothing out of these Greenberg stealing the segments things, though. He's been running this. Well, we, well, no, well, no, we got a plug. Remember, he didn't know my name. I know we got Ramy. one plug out of it, but he goofed that one. Amy yeah.
3: Then Phil was mad because are wondering it up.
1: why did he call you guys ESPN. Minnesota ESPN Twin Cities. Well, we are an ESPN Radio affiliate, right. and that's why you hear Golik
4: and Wingo in the mornings. Yeah. So. Here's See, guys, I'm playing the long game. I figure we get in good with Greeny. We get the Greeny stamp of approval. As soon as there is an opening on the ESPN national lineup, they just syndicate Mackey and Judd with Rami. Just throw us in there, huh? Exactly.
1: Or what if they bring us on to the Get Up panel? That would be great. No, that would be outstanding. Uh, it's Greenberg, it's Swagoo, they it's pan Jay for Williams, the and it's Rami, just sitting on the end. <laughs> they paying for our... uh Wardrobe? If they're paying for our oh, wardrobe, man. I'm fine with it.
3: If they're not paying for the wardrobe, uh, wardrobe, I'm not well, doing our it. Our
1: wardrobes aren't very expensive. Right? I want to are be on with Stephen A. Smith. I'm wardrobes? saying that they
3: would force us to dress up, and if so, I need them to pay for me <laughs> I was dressing say, up. How
0: much? How expensive are these
3: sweatshirts you're looking for,
1: Jed?
0: Have, have you seen some of the hoodies that are out there, man? Oh, they're, they're, they're really expensive.
1: Yeah, they're, they're expensive. Say. I'm not it's paying for them. Fabric, Wait, Rami? What? Who did you say? I want to be on with
4: Stephen A. Smith. You guys can just just scream N- crack your knuckles
1: crack
3: your neck <laughs> just
4: and just crack our neck and just have a have a, have a takeoff. <laughs>
3: Didn't You off the new skip balas rami oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh.
0: okay so i found another i found another loop of baseball ambiance but i have no idea what's going on in the beginning it sounds like a chainsaw's going on but where is it from
1: what are the it details? doesn't say
0: it just says baseball stadium ambiance crowd soundscape white noise what's calm the, what's the visual
1: know. Is there a visual?
0: Uh, it looks like that's Houston's ballpark. No, mm. that's Seattle. Let's try it out. All right, give me one second.
1: I was
4: going to say, I want nothing just, to do with Houston.
1: Just because baseball's gone doesn't mean we can't still experience Mm-mm. baseball ambience here.
0: Mm. Is it a rattle? I hear yeah, a, a, rattle. a rattle or something. Sounds yeah. like a shopping cart.
1: Yeah, yeah I have it no does.
0: idea. But then it's baseball ambiance. Or maybe
1: they're playing the Astros and it's just the Astros making
4: noises to tip off their hitters.
0: It's Too close to the trash can.
4: See if you can find Korean baseball ambiance. <laughs> Korean baseball is a whole different animal, man. They have chants going on the whole game. So they have songs want, for each individual you
0: just want player.
4: Soccer ambiance is essentially what you're looking no, for. No, but like for sports.
0: Jonathan Tuesday.
4: Jonathan
2: just left. Tuesday, <laughs> Tuesday
0: Jonathan.
4: Jonathan. <laughs> Tuesday, it's
3: Max and Judd again.
0: Can I, can I just like mute turn off his mic and he just sits over in that studio by I himself? Mean, you have He never knows <laughs> two hours. You have the power. I mean we'd see him here talking on our thing, but that'd be it. Honestly, so, if you're Peter. saying sorry, if you're saying you're saying if I play Korean baseball stadium ambiance, Against soccer or soccer stadium I audience, mean, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. I don't know. I don't know if I would or not. Or you just want to take the shot. Yeah, Listen, people shot. are
1: looking for things to watch and recommendations right now. If you just do a Google search or a YouTube search for Korean baseball bat flips, you're welcome. It'll fill an entire
4: Saturday <laughs> Oh, they're Saturday's so mark. good, man. And the best they're part so is
1: good. not only do they encourage and they welcome bat flipping, they even welcome it if it's borderline like there are highlight videos that last several minutes of guys thinking they've hit a home run and flipping their bat just in case I'm and, turning and, one and, on and right it now. being a warning track fly ball that's the type of league can you bat that flip? I want baseball major league baseball to be can you bat flip for a single in, in the kbo you can bat flip for literally anything you want if you if you did some good partner stretching before the game in the outfield you can bat flip okay it's amazing yeah, they always err on the side of bat flipping. <laughs> well, that's a deep fly ball. I got to flip my bat.
4: Mike gust of win. Oh my god, it, they go to the dugout like every time. They reach, they reach the dugout every time they bat flip. The bats. This is amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's great. And no one gets offended. The pitchers don't get offended. You don't get brushed back. The hitters don't care. I'm gonna hit you. No one gets offended. No, they're too busy being upset that they sucked in that moment, and that's that's what you should be thinking about. You shouldn't even notice that a guy bat flips. You should be pissed off at yourself that you threw that pitch.
1: Hey, before we wrap the segment here, I'm going to play, I'm going to play the Minneapolis Miracle highlight from Joe Buck, and then we're going to play the Jack Buck Game Six 1991 play by play clip, and we're all going to vote real quickly who did it better, Jack Buck or Joe Buck? Biggest call of their career. Okay, okay. all right. Here we
2: go. Oh, Steps into it. Passes. is caught. Dinks. sideline touchdown. Unbelievable! Vikings win it. Into deep left center from Mitchell, and we'll see you tomorrow. Night.
1: That what is do you think? So close, Joe or Jack? Mm. I will say before we vote, like the ability when something like that happens to just. Perfectly pace it and call it, and not lose your mind, yep. not stumble, you know, not screw it up like and, Jim Carrey did, and then get out of the way. It's ridiculous. I'll right, play him one more time.
2: And steps into it, passes, caught, Dinks sideline touchdown, unbelievable! Vikings win it. Into deep left center for Mitchell, and we'll see you tomorrow. Night.
3: I'm going to go with Jack, but let me say one thing about Joe's call that I think might be the most impressive thing. Not only did he do the perfect call and then laid out, but he cracked his voice on unbelievable without it cracking fully like he was 13. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Which is controlled cracking of
3: the voice. Sean McDonough has the problem. No, I'm serious (laughs) of his voice cracking, but it cracks fully. The controlled crack of unbelievable but then pulling it back so it's not a. Unbelievably, is really really good. Yeah. But I, I'm gonna go Jack. I'm going Joe Buck. That's fair. I I'm mean,
1: going Joe. Buck. I mean the Jack Buck call is legendary, and obviously it happened in Game Six of the World Series, and this was this was just a playoff game. The Vikings won. You know, it didn't happen in a Super Bowl, but I just think like it was such a shocking play, and for Joe Buck to realize what was happening, like he knew it was a touchdown, and so he went into the pacing of it. Mm-hmm. It's pretty crazy. Ron,
4: yeah, I'm gonna about go about with him? Joe. I'm going to go with Joe. I I like the cracking of the voice. I like an announcer getting in the moment a little bit and breaking the professionalism for a second and just being a guy who loves the sport and is excited about what he just witnessed. I'm going to go with Joe. And they they were both excited, but Joe Buck I think I think he was a little bit more a little bit more in that moment and a little bit more excited about what he just saw. Jonathan, Jack Buck or Joe Buck in those big calls?
0: For me it's Joe Buck. Just the moment being there. I mean, I was Watching that one as opposed to being one years old at the time for the, jo- the Jack not You You were producing Ventline yeah. that day with us, right? I was losing my mind as you were signaling <laughs> me, start the show, start the show. I'm like, <laughs> okay, I got to refocus my energy now.
1: It's amazing. All right, when we come back, gentlemen, Friday fun day, we'll get to some classic Kirby Puckett audio that Rami stumbled upon for the first time. Like We've heard it, but it's been 20 plus years, and uh, we'll do it. Oh, a, so you remember this? this. Absolutely. There's really? just, there's a story behind why he was on the show that he was on. Oh, okay. Uh, Friday Fun Day, Ask Mackie and Jub with Rami and Action Movie Rewind, all on the horizon here on uh, Mackie and Jub with Rami from the Score North T C L Studios.
4: Uh, I'm glad you're still open. open.
0: Helping support our local businesses through the coronavirus crisis.
4: We are open for business.
0: This is Open for Business. Still open, yeah? Yeah. On Score North. And what
1: we've been doing here the last few weeks during these unprecedented times in our country, in our state is just we're looking to highlight some businesses that are still open, still operational, still looking to serve people. And so Linda from Copper Touch is with us here on Open for Business today. Linda, thank you for joining us here on Score North. And for our listeners who aren't necessarily fully familiar with Copper Touch, tell us a little bit about your story and mission as a company. Uh,
5: Copper Touch was founded about almost three years ago And we're a Minnesota company located up in North Branch, Minnesota. And it was actually, the idea was conceptualized at a Golden Gopher football game. Wow! A friend of mine is a scientist, and we go to the Gopher games every year. And he handed me a piece of copper, and he said, do you want to sell this? And I looked at it and didn't know what he was talking about. And then after we had long conversations and I did a lot of research about copper, I came to realize it's naturally antimicrobial. And so we did a lot of lab testing and we found out that if you use pure copper and you rub it, the friction of rubbing it on your hands actually kills the germs that are on your hands within 60 seconds. Wow. So it's can actually be a substitute for hand sanitizer. So, so that's how it was born.
1: That's, that's an awesome story. And so needless to say, as a lot of businesses are being forced to go into either complete hiatus or go into some sort of shell of their former business, it sounds like Copper Touch could be very helpful to people right now in these in these COVID-19 times.
5: Yes, uh, sales have been incredible, as you might imagine, over the last six weeks, um, but also has been the skepticism. And it's hard to teach people science when it doesn't make sense to people so we have a lot of people that you know will call or especially on facebook will say you're scam artists you're this you're that and we're we're trying to get out all of the science and the lab testing on our web website we have all of it uh really detailed so we don't want to be uh complete nerds here about it (laughs) but uh, we also want people to know that we took this really seriously, and we really believe in what we're doing, and we have science behind it, and we're trying to introduce copper as something that I think is a wave of the future. You're going to see it in hospitals all over. Um, I think you're going to see it in businesses all over. I think you're going to see it in homes, things like doorknobs. Uh, light switches, all that kind of thing, I think you're going to see copper. And one thing I do want to mention, because it's all over the news right now, the coronavirus will sit on copper for four hours. And so that's what we get most of the calls about. And it doesn't die for four hours on pure copper. However, the friction of rubbing it will kill it in 60 seconds. And so that's the part that's important that people are missing
1: so, how, if, if people are hearing this and people are, are and their interest is, is peaked for obvious reasons, what are the best ways for people to find out more about Copper Touch and maybe for people to even place an order with you right now?
5: Um, our website is coppertouch.com. And we have all of the science, the hard science is on there. You can order it. Uh, it's shipped right here from North Branch, Minnesota. And we also have two Amazon stores. And you can reach it at Amazon as well. However, the shipping is a little bit slow with Amazon right now. So we recommend using the website. The price is the same everywhere. Shipping is always free. Linda,
1: are the Gophers going to win the Big Ten West next year?
5: Well, I had the Gophers in the Rose Bowl last year. And uh, if it wasn't for that doggone Wisconsin, that doggone Iowa, I'll tell you, its just it just never ends for me. But this year... Uh, we're going to skip the Rose Bowl and go right to the national championship. (laughs) Wow. You heard it
1: right here. Linda from copper touch, uh, gophers. We're going to hold you to that by the way, because we have a segment where we keep track of people's predictions. So that's now on the record right there, but
5: I am with you
1: on that. (laughs) dot com. If you want to find out more, any final words to the audience, any final words to, uh, to people about your business?
5: Just my final words are for everybody to take this seriously, stay safe, stay healthy, keep up with the social distancing. I know we have to give up a month or two of our lives. For me, the hardest part is giving up the sports. I mean, I I watch everything. I'm a total junkie. So I watch car racing. I watch NHRA. I watch the Twins. I watch college sports. And there's no sports. But I listen to KSTP AM radio.
1: Thank you for doing that, by the way. We appreciate you.
5: Thank you. All right. Take okay. care, Linda.
1: Bye-bye. All right. That's uh, Linda from Copper Touch. And by the way, you can also listen to us on the Score North app, which is free to download for Apple and Google Play in the Google Play Store. When we come back here, Mackie and Jeb with Rami, Friday fun day commences with a little Ask Mackie and Jub with Rami, some classic Kirby Puckett audio, and at 5 o'clock, Action Movie Rewind.
0: Jonathan here with the Score North download. You can join us here on Score North tomorrow night at 7 p.m. on scorenorth.com and the free Score North mobile app for Loon Night in Minnesota. The MLS season may be temporarily on hold, but that doesn't mean we can't support our loon still. Grab your favorite scarf, put on your best kit, Rami, and join us as we replay MNUFC's second win of the season over San Jose tomorrow night at 7 p.m. on scorenorth.com and the free Score North mobile app. Boys, I know we've talked a little bit in the past about the Kevin Garnett jersey retirement situation, how weird it is with the Timberwolves. It may get a little weirder as this, according to Shams on Twitter, Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan, and Kevin Garnett will be inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame class of 2020, and Kevin Garnett's jersey is still not retired. This could get a little bit more weird if that happens. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackie and Joe with Rami.
1: All right. Thank you, Jonathan. It's Mackie and Joe with Rami here. We're just we're just in here coming up with new ideas for this alternate reality segment that absolutely will start on Monday now on Mackie and Judge with Rami. Some inappropriate ones as well. Yeah, who who tweeted That's in this
3: inappropriate? It was just a question, a personal question. You can't say that and
0: not bring it to you. All right, go ahead, Judge.
3: I said if if we get through the sports ones, start doing personal ones like. What if you had met your wife's best friend first? <laughs> <laughs> or in Robbie's case, your girlfriend? What would the alternate reality be? <laughs> oh, man. And I can say that because Don doesn't listen to the show, and I know that.
1: That's <laughs> amazing. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, Eric Eric says, What if Maurer and Morno don't have concussion problems or continue their careers at their position? So, well. Yeah, bring bring on the That's ideas. A great question. Ryan just tweeted in a bunch. What if the Wolves had traded KG to the Suns for I say bring Arsene on Mar? the personal
4: ones. Let's go.
1: Absolutely. Let's make this interesting.
3: <laughs> Rami see. can start us off.
1: <laughs> what if Rami had gotten pancreatic cancer at age <laughs> Wow, that went <laughs> That's super dark. dark. <laughs> that went super dark.
0: Yeah.
1: Wow. wow. I was just wow. talking about different relationships. <laughs> Sorry. Wow. Sorry.
0: Goodness. It was
1: unnecessary. Friday
0: fun day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, now
1: it's Friday fun Day. Right now, going forward, it's Friday Funday.
0: Offing day. members of our staff here. Wow! Right, oh,
1: right, here we go. Terrible goodness. Friday Fun Day.
0: Nothing All fun right.
4: about that. So, uh,
0: no, Ram, a- oh.
1: Ram, fully healthy. Rami was on Twitter earlier today, and uh, somebody. I don't, why did Why did this video even pop up? It Was just like a classic Minnesota. It was just on videos? my timeline.
4: It was. Cla- I think the Twitter. Follow is classic baseball vids. Okay. I think they just tweet out classic baseball vids. So at some point in the mid-1990s, David Letterman was doing these
1: city-themed shows, Monday through Friday, where I believe he would fly in. I think they flew audience in. They did the shows from New York, right? Or did, I, I think that's right. And they would fly in, like, on Monday, it's a Chicago audience. Right. And the whole theater would be Chicago people. From the affiliate, people. yes. And then, and so, I don't know that's who right. paid for the tickets, but...
3: Cause didn't didn't Shelby do a guest appearance in the Carlos bit?
1: Yeah, it was uh, Amelia Santanello that's was. and yeah, Don Shelby. That's right. I they did about that. they did little break-ins during that on Channel Thank Four you. during the thing, and that's where Don Shelby at one point said, "Amelia, I have a gopher in my pants. His name is Carlos. That's right. In fact, Jonathan, if you could." Go to YouTube or go to Google, type in Don, what Sh- was that line again? Don Shelby Don Shelby Gopher in my pants. Yes. It's true. In fact, we will pause the show while this happens. And then we'll get to the Puckett audio. But but David Letterman does top ten lists, right? And so he had Kirby Puckett during Minnesota night on
4: his show. He had Minnesota night on his show? Yes. Okay, yes. All right. So he flew in That's he was, flew yeah. in
1: audiences five days a week from like different affiliates. And they would do this throughout the year, and it was just straight up Minnesota night with a Minnesota audience. The night before, it was like Chicago, and uh, they bring on prominent people from Minnesota sports or whatever. And Kirby Puckett did the top ten list. Did you find video of Don Shelby by chance?
0: Not yet. Give me one.
1: Thing, I ha- I have a VHS copy of this particular David Letterman late night show, and I have it stored in a box at the house I grew up at. So I could find this and bring it in at some point. And we could. I don't know if we can like Take a VHS tape and translate it. But uh, this was Kirby Puckett delivering the top 10 list with David Letterman in like 1995. All right. uh, The category tonight of the top 10 list, by the way, from the home office in Edina.
4: (laughs) Category tonight top 10 ways to mispronounce the name Kirby Puckett.
6: ten ways now to mispronounce the name Kirby Puckett. Here we go. Number ten. Colby Pickett. <laughs> Number
4: nine. Creepy Pockets.
5: <laughs>
4: <laughs> Number eight. Bernie Crumpet. Uh-huh, sure. <laughs> Number seven. Turkey Bucket. Uh-huh. Number six,
1: Buddy Hackett. (laughs) (laughs) You think
4: you think they're gonna do ten? Someone with a name. Yeah, Carlos. I forget what it was, though. All right. Uh, now, back to uh, top end ways to mispronounce Kirby Puckett. Number five, uh, the Puckett formerly known
1: as Kirby. Yeah. <laughs> Number four, Punky Brewster. Yeah. <laughs> Number three, Ken Herbeck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Number two, there once was, was a man from Nantucket who Kirby his own Pucket uh, Kirby his very own bucket.
2: <laughs> Actually,
4: Kirby his own And the number one way to mispronounce the name Kirby Puckett. Engel Puck Kirby Dink.
1: There you go. So good. So that, that break in in the middle where it was just like random laughing. So that, that was, was that Shelby. was Don Shelby yeah. and Amelia Santanello. So what they would do all throughout the hour and a half Letterman show that night, they would just like literally interrupt like six different times with breaking news, little like 10 second breaking news things that just got weirder and weirder and weirder. So do you have the one that we were talking yes, about? All right. I
0: think I do. Here it is. All right, okay.
5: 461 Minnesota residents are enjoying the late show with David Letterman tonight in New York. Don.
0: Amelia,
4: I have a gopher in my pants. His name is Carlos. <laughs>
3: That was it. Yeah. It was the entire show. They, yeah.
4: It was May of '97.
1: Okay, I 1997. It. it was
3: May of 1997.
4: Yeah, was... I didn't get it when I was. That was the one part of the bit I didn't get. I even told Declan we played it back earlier today on Score North Live weekdays, noon or two. By the way, it's me and a rotating cast of Score North personalities. Listen to it anytime you want on the totally free Score North app. And I told him I don't get this joke in the middle, dude, and I don't think it plays on radio. Clip that out. Was the exact that was exactly what I told Declan before we played it back on uh, on the midday show today. Yeah,
1: and I think like if you watched it, if you were watching it, and you remember it, then it. You know, to that percentage of the audience, it definitely makes sense because you remember, oh, they did these weird live cut-ins, but it all stemmed from the Gopher in My Pants okay. uh, cut-ins. So, Got pretty it. funny. Pretty funny. Um, all right. Friday Fun Day. Ask Mackie and Jeb with Rami. And I like this question. This came in a few days ago from our friend Eric R. on Twitter. And he says, listening to Score North Live from last week, amidst the argument that you guys had about TV themes... Rami asked Judd what got him into radio. I'd be interested in hearing a show or even a rewind episode of your individual journeys into radio. Oh, we got some time here in this Friday Fun Day segment. Rami, let's start with you. What is what is the story you tell like when people ask, Well, how'd you get into radio?
4: What are like your stories about how you got into radio? Well, I didn't know sports talk radio was a thing until I was like fourteen. And then the score in Chicago started. And it started on a really, really weak signal. I think they were 820 when they first started. And then they got a little success, and they moved to a bigger stick. And then they got a little more success, moved to a bigger stick. And now it's one of the biggest sports talk radio stations in the country. But when I heard that, I was like, it was it was, it, was, was just like a twinkle in, in my eye or a thought in the back of my head. I was like, people get paid to talk about sports for hours at a time? Like, I... I do that now. I already, I do that every day with my brother and my friends. It's what I do when I'm not, when I'm not at school. That's crazy. But it just seemed like this crazy, far fetched thing. And then I was going to college. And I hadn't picked my major yet, and I got to that point in college where if you haven't picked your major, you better go ahead and do it because there are only so many like credit hours left to take and and graduate. So I'm um, and I was thinking again in the back of my mind, I was like maybe radio, maybe sports talk radio. I also along the way, became a huge Howard Stern fan, so radio uh, sort of intrigued me on a couple of different levels from a comedic standpoint, from a sports standpoint. And, uh, I was driving, I, I delivered pizzas most of my college, most of the, most of my college days to sort of work my way through. And I was listening to the score out of Chicago. And a guy who's super successful now has his own show middays. Lawrence Holmes at the time was kind of an up and comer on the station. And he had a show that he did on Saturday nights with another guy. And the show was called Me and Z. And I was driving around delivering pizzas, listening to Me and Z. And they break into a conversation about the Chicago Cubs that was almost exactly the conversation that my brother and I had earlier that day about the Chicago Cubs. One of them used an analogy from Arrested Development, which was the same exact analogy that I had used from the Arrested Development. And I could tell that these two guys, while they weren't super successful or that high on the totem pole yet, they were still young. But I could tell that they they had potential and they were moving up fast. I knew these guys were going somewhere. So in the back of my head, I was like... If, the, if these guys can do it, maybe maybe I can do it. So I went in, I declared a major, broadcast communications, got an internship at a tiny station in a tiny town in Wisconsin, uh, got a job at a startup station, what was a startup station at the time in Milwaukee, really low-level, entry-level job, climbed the ladder, eventually became the host of the afternoon drive show. Ten years later, I'm in Lawrence Home Studio at The Score in Chicago telling them that story. That's awesome.
1: How did they? How did
4: how did you guys match on the Arrested Development anecdote? I don't even remember That's what super I don't weird. even remember what the analogy was. I just remember it was something having to do with Arrested Development and something having to do with Chicago Cubs. The Cubs stink. Uh, yeah, they were bad at the okay. time. Yeah,
3: a lot of frustration with the Cubs there.
4: Yeah, uh, Judd, you were you were a newspaper guy for a long time.
3: Yeah, so my story goes back to no, is it nineteen seventy eight or seventy seven and. The first time that I realized I wanted to be a sports writer was I got a complimentary edition of the sporting news in, in our mail. And it was, um, three Orioles pitchers were on the cover. It was Jim Palmer and two other younger Mike Flanagan, maybe and somebody else. And I'm like, this looks like a really cool job. This looks like a, and basically from that day on, I, I wanted to become a sports writer. And then I started to listen to sports talk shows. And of course, the first one that I came across in this town was uh, Patrick and Joe because long before um, WFN came along, and that, Patrick and Joe had their show, which KSTP back in the day had a weeknight show that was a rotating cast of um, sports writers and broadcasters in town who did shows from like 6 to 7, or 7 to 8, or 6 to 8. And then Pat and Joe started with uh, Monday Night Sports Talk originally, and Saturday Sports Talk, and like it always seemed to me that the writing business and the radio sports talk, business dovetailed mm-hmm. like the uh, TV's to me the, the outlier because it's more in sound bites and it's more quickly and it's fine but writing and radio to me are are very close and so basically I transitioned from that became a sports uh, writer at Star Tribune covered the Vikings blah 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 and then I started to contribute elsewhere and it went from there but I mean I've known I wanted to do something in sports media since I was
1: probably seven years old or eight years old and it, i and i'll tell my story here in a second but how much different is it cuz i think a lot of people like we probably get emails from people like college kids you know how can you know what do i need to do to get a show or what do i need to do to get into the business how much different as as you're hosting multiple hours a day now for a living how much different is the actual prep and process of doing it than what you may have thought when you were like in school cuz i don't think i ever realized i i, I I went to school for broadcast journalism for like six months and then I, and then I had an internship at KFAN at the time and then I got, so I decided, well, I'm already doing this in college. Right. I'll get an internship in something else. But, right. I remember thinking at one point during like being 19 or 20 years old thinking, holy crap, like, you mean you have to, you have to talk for three or four hours a day, five days a week? Like, how do you, how do you even prepare for that? And then, and now that, you know, you get into it for 10 or 15 years and it's actually, I mean, there's a, there's, you know, a, there's a process to it, but... You
4: know who I find appreciates it the most, other than people who are actually doing what we do and realize the time that it takes to put into it? Comics are amazed. They're like, wait, you talk for four hours a day? Because a comic works for weeks to put together five minutes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you'll write it, and you'll perform it, and then you'll rework it, and rewrite it, and perform it again, and rewrite it, rework it, and perform it again, and it could be a weeks or months-long process, and they're like, you're doing four hours of material? Like, they look at it the same as, as as what they do. They're like, you're doing four hours of material every day? That's crazy. That doesn't even make sense. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense when you think about it. Right. I'm, I'm weird, and probably in many ways somewhat
3: dysfunctional, because... What I do here is basically how I go go home and live and like I watch different TV shows and things, but I basic you know, for the the majority of my life sports have been my hobby too. And so, you know, you go home and you watch old games or you watch games or go and cover games and it's what I do. So it's not that hard to talk about it because I consume it constantly. Yeah. Which, which to the point again, is somewhat dysfunctional. I'm not saying <laughs> I'm not I'm not saying it's great advice, but you know, with what we do and we watch games constantly and things like that, it's pretty easy to talk about things that you're completely immersed in for the for the majority of your life. I think.
1: Yeah. So I walked into I went to high school in Buffalo, Minnesota. I went to Buffalo High School. And we used to, you know, they there, there was a radio station in Wright County, AM 1360 KRWC, still there. And they would broadcast some of the high school games that I played in. And so I, like I had got, I, I at least knew that they had sports programming on the Wright County radio station. And I remember after high school was done, and I worked at Play it Again Sports in Buffalo for two or three years in high school. And I was looking for something to get into. The summer between, I think it was between senior year and freshman year of, of uh, college. So I literally just went to WC, walked in the door, and asked the owner or the station manager, Do you have any internships? Just flat out, like face to face, asked him if he had any internships. And he said, We don't have any internships. This is like 2005. We don't have any internships but we're looking for someone to do baseball play-by-play. We have a ton of high school games and we have a ton of amateur games and like we have one guy doing all of them and we and he needs help. Cuz he's getting older and he's like got a surgery or something. He's probably 35. So he literally offered me a job on the spot to do without hearing like a demo. Really? To do high school baseball play-by-play cuz I showed interest and showed initiative. And so the third ever game and I was I was told that I would be going along with the old Lynn Shepley was the guy's name. He had the old broadcaster voice. Welcome to Welcome to St. Michael, Minnesota where the Buffalo Bulldogs are going to take on the, you know. Sure. And uh, so we did two games together and then the third game he had to call in sick or something like something happened where he couldn't show up. So I was told you're doing the game by yourself tonight. I had only been on a microphone twice in my life. You're going to do the game alone tonight. And uh, station manager is going to meet you with the bus full of old radio equipment, like the Marty, the antenna that you have to put up. You had to like, you had to put this. Yeah, I had the same job in the air. I had the same job. And you had to point it to the station and like drive the <laughs> wheel over it, set Crazy. it all up yourself. All the commercials for the game were burned onto a CD and a discman that was plugged into the remote equipment. Yes. Right, dude, I remember. And all it this. would run out of batteries in like the seventh inning. And so, you, and so we'd have you to would just, play the CD from your location. Yes.
3: Okay, so I, it didn't fire from back in studio.
1: No, I think that was a way to maybe not have someone back in the studio. Wow. For, I don't know. I don't know what the logic was, right. but but I do but I do remember. I, we set this equipment up, and then the station manager said, Hey, because the game's going to be like three hours, I'll just drive your car back to the station because I got to get some work done, and then you can just pack up and drive the bus back to the station. Well, I had never done any of this, nor had I ever driven a bus in my life. Right. So the game gets done. You know, I. You didn't I mention it that?
4: You were like, I, uh. I've well, never driven it. a like bus. it's my first. Okay. I,
1: I'm saying yes to everything. Sure, and that's yeah. kind of been my whole. Career. That's good just advice. Say, say that's yes good advice everything. for people who are new in the business. Just say yes to literally yes. everything, and well, even to not, a not everything. Close to everything, though. Right, and uh, the game gets done. Adrenaline's flowing. Oh my God, I just did a three-hour game by myself, and it's, it's it would it would be easier to do a twins game because you at least know something about the players, right? right? Right. Than it is to do like a high school or amateur game where you just are you're just talking about the weather between pitches. And so I packed the stuff up, I put it all in the bus, I get in the bus, I drive, it to four-field complex, and I've told this story on the show before, but I, I, I didn't, I'd never driven anything which, in which you had to worry about how tall it was. Sure. And so I accidentally lodged the bus under the overhang of the concession stand and caused probably $2,000 worth of damage to the concession stand in St. Michael, my third day on the job. And I'm like That's in amazing. tears, basically. That's and I call the station manager, thinking he's just going to fire me on the spot. He didn't even take it out of my paycheck. He just said it's probably my fault for making you drive the bus back. So, well, good for him good for realizing was. that. So, anyways, I thought, so wait, you, you I tried thought it was done to after go three. Below
3: the concession stand, or how how did it get lodged there? Was, or the position to be lodged?
1: There in? was kind of an overhang. Yeah, that was, it didn't stick out too far, but it stuck out probably two feet, and I wasn't even thinking about. You you drive a car, you're not thinking about how tall it is. Right. I'm just yeah. thinking, like, am I for, far enough away from the side of the building, and I didn't see the overhang, okay. and I just I right. took the corner too tight, and I lodged under the overhang. And I thought my, whatever career I aspired to, I thought it was done. But uh I did about 50 more games over two summers. I got an internship at K-Fan at the time in like to drive the bus, mark? never drove the bus again. See, that's a smart move. You
3: screwed up never so bad again. they never asked you to drive the bus again.
1: Interned for the Mike Tice show in 2005 hey, and kid. then in t- hey, who's hey, kid. Hey, kid. hey, where's my coleslaw? Hey. Hey, where's my coleslaw? Just kidding. Mike Tice is the best. Oh, he's fantastic. And then the 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 next part of the story is in 2010 AM 1500 was flipping to a sports format and they were planning an ESPN affiliate partnership. They had the twins rights coming off game 163 and they were launching a sports format. So they hired Tom Pellicero. They hired me, but they didn't really know, like they wanted to bring us on board and they were trying to figure out what our roles were going to be. And I'll never forget, our general manager sets up a meeting between me and Patrick Royce. And Roycey was like my writing hero since I was seven or eight years old. We meet at a coffee shop. Forty year age gap. I'm 24 years old at the time. He's 64 years old, and mm-hmm. I've been I've been doing weekend shows for three or four years, like from college all the way through 24. And we sit down at this coffee shop, and I I don't know what I I know that I'm going to get probably get higher, but I don't know what. And our general manager says, "Well, I'm going to take off. You guys figure out if you're going to do a show together or not." And so we sit down, and Patrick goes, "All right, well." Uh, we gotta get younger here and uh, we're co- both a couple of ball guys and uh uh your analytics kind of a stat geek and I'm kind of an old curmudgeon and uh and I'm just like, uh, oh, where's this going? He goes, I think we should do it And I said, Excuse me? He goes, I think we should do a show together if you're down for it and I'm like Wait, did Patrick Roycey just ask me oh, to be his hol- coach? That's right. So uh Roycey and Mackey was born in two thousand ten and then here we are 10 years later. at Score off. So that's my story. But yeah, it's funny how like you never, there's like never a linear path, right? It's, there's always some weird entry point. Like Judd started doing weekend shows. Yeah. I remember you and I sat in a bar in like Chicago or New York at one point. I remember like we were, we're like three beers in and you're like, I love the Star Tribune, but let me know if there's any opportunities over there. You know, like that's the type of like, that's oh, yeah. how stuff plays out in this industry. Well, and I, I think the key thing
3: in this. Business now currently is to be as flexible as possible. Like the one thing, you especially can't, now, yeah. Like, but the one thing that you probably shouldn't say is, "I or only I do yoga." I only do this, <laughs> right? Like, if you're like, "I only will do this," ads are people are going to be like hard pass, right? But if you do different things and you're flexible in your ability to transition, it helps a lot. Yeah, that that would be my my number one piece of advice to people looking to get in the business is don't assume that you know what the business is.
1: Yeah, the the business I mean the business really is entertain people or inform people, build audiences, and make sure that you can put
4: advertising on Wait, it or a subscription or something, right? Guys, I mean, that's what we've been I I'm sorry. I didn't know that's what we were trying to do Yeah, dude, you my, need to read up. My bad. My bad, guys. <laughs> was that in an email or a memo somewhere? That's you, you need to read that up. That was the plan? It's online somewhere. Okay. Yeah. It's uh Log
1: into your internal database portal. <laughs> yeah, so, is that on the company email? I never look at my company. You and Collar, <laughs> look at your company <laughs> email once in a while, huh? Once a week at least. Come on, okay. once a week at least. Okay, fine. So, uh, <laughs> hey, that is Ask Mackie and Jeb with Rami. It's a good question from uh, from Eric. And if you guys have questions you want us to throw out on the show on Friday Fun Day, just tweet them at us with the hashtag Ask MJR at Phil at Jay at Rami is tweeting. Are you guys ready? Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm ready. I was ready
3: first hour when I tried to bring it up, and you're like, hold on. Yeah, we're safe. I know, but now am I ready? We're not just going to dive in. I believe the word
1: is chomping or champing. One of the two at the bit. It's it's pronounced chomping, but it's spelled champing. Okay, well right? I'm, really? chomping, okay. I'm chomping. Okay, I wondered that. At the bit. Okay, all
4: right, I okay. wondered that. It's well, chan- chomping because somebody not corrected chomp, chomp, ch- I, on Twitter once. I wrote chomping at the bit, and somebody no, corrected an me and said it's champing at the bit. Yeah, but they were correcting my spelling, not the pron- so the pronunciation is the same either way. And this person was just being just being difficult to be difficult, right? No, I mean you you were wrong. I mean, it was misspelled, but...
0: but he was Yeah, but he was correcting you the correct way to spell it.
4: But still. But he still might have been being a jerk. Yeah, he was still just being a jerk. I don't understand. Yeah. I mean, you were wrong. You were wrong. It's okay. Kind of.
1: Action movie rewinds. When we come back here. Mackie and Jeb with Rami. After we talk about Federated Mutual Insurance Company. During these uncertain times... Your team at Federated Mutual Insurance Company has kept a strategic focus on policyholder service, directing clients throughout the country to the information they need on things like communications to employees, resources for HR-related topics, recommended response plans. These are all very important things and take planning. And Federated is here standing behind their partner, standing behind business owners with game plans to help you navigate this coronavirus period. If these resources could help your business, please contact your local marketing representative or visit federatedinsurance.com. As a mutual insurance company, Federated believes their value is measured by the success of their clients. And they've taken pride in that for over 100 years, based in Owatonna, Minnesota. And these uncertain times are no different. In fact, it's even more important to have that steady hand, a steady hand like Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Again, federatedinsurance.com is the website. And remember, at Federated, it's their business to protect yours.
0: Minnesota sports fans, we know you're doing your best to stay home, and we're here for you at Score North through every step of the coronavirus pandemic. Got something to say about Minnesota sports? Want to tell us why we're wrong, perhaps? Leave us a mic drop message on the free Score North app. You may even hear yourself on Score North on AM 1500 scorenorth.com, or the free Score North mobile app.
2: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. One, two, three, it's Mackie and Judd with Rami. with Rami. Welcome to the party, pal.
1: Action movie reviews with Mackie, Judd, and Rami.
2: This is a chopper. yippee ki mother...
6: I'm gonna take you to the bank, Senator Trent, to the blood bank.
1: Oh
4: yes, so exciting! That little dun 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 dun.
1: Oh yeah, isn't yeah, that parentheses-
2: the Terminator thing?
4: I was watching <laughs> that and I was that like, "That's demo. Terminator." Oh, yeah. Jonathan, can you can you find that? And I bet just Google Terminator music or Terminator sound effect. I bet you that's the first thing that comes up. They stole that straight from the Terminator. Can
6: we play this again. I'm going to take you to the bank, Senator Trent. To the blood bank.
1: Oh,
4: so By the way, he said that to a totally blank television he screen. Did, he did. It wasn't even turned on. No. That's probably
0: the
4: best part about it. <laughs> he turns and looks at a TV that's off. And delivers that money line it's, right there. It's because
3: the rage was so high with Seagal that he was going to kill somebody. Well, he
4: was hallucinating at the time. He was hallucinating all these terrible memories and remembering hearing the senator say, take that to the bank.
0: So Rami's sort of right. Here's the beginning of the main theme for Terminator.
4: That's about it. No, I, th- I swear. I swear that same exact... I'll look for it. I'm going to find
6: I'm it. I'm going to take you to the bank, Senator Trent. To the blood bank. The movie
1: is oh, yeah. Hard to Kill. Oh, it's a classic. Hard to Kill with Steven Seagal. It was this week's Action Movie Rewind. And this is now a staple on Fridays on our show. We don't have live sports to watch, so we're just going to watch action movies from the 80s, the 90s, 2000s. And we're taking your recommendations at Phil Mackey, at Jay Zolgad, at Rami is tweeting... Hard to Kill with Steven Seagal, 1990. And here's the summary, boys. <laughs> Steven Seagal stars as L.A. Detective Mason Storm, who is left comatose for seven years after being shot by underlings of a corrupt politician, Senator Trent. They killed his wife as well in cold blood. But his son got away. At first, Mason Storm was pronounced dead After the home intrusion, he was pronounced dead at the hospital. Yep. But then doctors realized he's still alive, but just in a coma. Because this guy can't be killed. He's very hard to kill. Exactly. (laughs) And his main cop friend, O'Malley, O'Malley. makes the prudent decision to keep Mason Storm hidden from public view for seven years during this coma Mm -hmm. under the name John Doe. During this time corrupt politician Senator Trent rises up to become a state senator and when Storm finally reawakens he's desperate for revenge
4: that's for my wife who oh. would die I oh. missed miss. I never miss
6: they must have been smaller than I thought oh I know what you're thinking mine's bigger than yours right it's not fair throw it away alright alright oh. It's still not fair.
1: That's right. Okay, how about this? I'll get down on my knees. Is this any better? Hmm? Come get some. Let's start with Judd, because this is Judd's... This, this actually might be, in Judd's mind, what he hopes his biography could be at some point.
3: <laughs> this <was laughs> fantastic. This is a fantastic piece of cinematic work, okay?
1: What is your favorite part about the movie? Let's go around the room. Judd, go ahead.
3: Oh! It's like asking me what my favorite kid is, and I had five kids. Um... My favorite single part, I think, might be the scene that I think you just played, which is—is is that the liquor store robbery scene?
1: No, that's that's also my favorite part of the movie. By the way,
3: <laughs> when he get so before before he is shot and put in a coma for seven years, when he breaks up the liquor store robbery, he just wants a bottle of champagne. Gets for him and the gal. gets kudos. Gets kudos from his fellow cops. Gets in his car to go home, Mason does, and turns on Chuck Mangione, and is driving home.
0: So, the, uh,
1: it's great. So the scene is, he, he, he walks into this liquor store and has this weird exchange with the owner of the liquor store, or uh, the manager of the liquor store. He's
3: a jaded, the, the guy that owns... The liquor store, very jaded.
1: Yeah, he's asking the liquor store guy, like, hey, you watching the Oscars? I don't need the Oscars. The yeah, Oscars, I don't need the, freak the Oscars. freak show is here yeah.
3: every night, he says, or something. And
1: so so this group of misfits comes in. These four guys come in, and they kill the clerk with a shotgun blast. So these four guys come in, and so it's the, these four robbers and Steven Seagal. And the four robbers come in, and they just flat out kill the guy behind the Well, the he counter.
4: smarts off to them. Seagull doesn't flinch, by the Seagal way. Gunshot goes off. This guy goes yeah. flying but, six feet back. Seagull doesn't but, flinch or hesitate for a second. In
3: 1990s film, it's great because when, when they shoot the guy who owns the liquor store, he then flies backwards into all his alcohol, so it becomes a complete mess as well. It is. Yeah, terrible so he doesn't collapse. Up. He actually flies back and breaks a bunch now, you of you bottles. you ever
1: try to get Jägermeister out of carpet? It's very difficult. Da, 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 especially da, mixed with da, da, blood, okay? Da, da. And so Seagull just casually destroys... Destroys all four of these guys without a gun. One by one. One by one. Yes, sir. And the last guy he puts in the Kurt Angle ankle lock submission and just twists <laughs> just his ankle saying. into a presser, ah! <laughs> then gets in his car with his bottle of champagne casually and cranks up some Chuck Mangione.
4: But before he I gets mean, in his, his car, his cop buddy walks up to him, and they don't care about this dead store clerk either. Nobody is shook whatsoever. No. The store clerk <laughs> no. is laying in a pool of his own blood. His cop buddy walks up to him and goes, guess you won the Oscar tonight, Storm. <laughs>
2: It's amazing. I know.
4: How can y'all love this?
1: It's amazing. That that is also my favorite part of the movie. And I will give uh, just a, a, a close second place is at the very end when he's about to kill. He's ab- well, he's about to kill the senator, and he's killing all the senators. But he actually doesn't wind up killing the senator. Uh, there's a quote that he writes in the bathroom. I love that too. To scare one of the other guys, that says anticipation of death is worse than death <laughs> itself. So Steven Seagal works his way into the bad guy lair and he's hiding around, creeping around, and he, just to mess with the bad guys, writes, anticipation of death is worse than death itself. I mean, how yeah. profound And is then that? in the
4: next room, it says, you're next. Yeah. You're next.
3: <laughs> but it's Y-O-U-R, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, was it? Not of Y-O-U, it's okay.
1: apostrophe R-E. When you've been in a coma for seven years, grammar is... Just quickly, though, my favorite
3: death is the one that you played. The guy that shot Storm's wife... He takes the pull cue, breaks it, and sticks it in the guy's neck.
6: How's the action, boys? Mind if I play? Oh, I know what you're thinking.
0: If I have this in my hand, I can't play. How's this? Throw it away. Well,
4: somebody hand me a cue. Oh, I know what you're thinking. Mine's bigger than yours, right? It's not fair.
2: Throw it away.
1: All right? It's still not fair. That's right. Okay. How about this? I'll get down on my knees.
4: Is this any better? Hmm? Come get some.
1: Steven Seagal wins the award for most cocky guy walking into an outnumbered fight situation. Oh, for sure. Every time, like he walks in, it can be him with his bare hands and four guys with
4: shotguns. And he's trash talking them. Just amazing. All right, Rami, what's your favorite part about (laughs) Hard to Kill? Well, first of all, Like every good 80s or early 90s action movie, montage, training montage. But the added element to this training montage was it was a self-healing montage that included his own self-administered acupuncture, (laughs) which, by the way, the pincushion. (laughs) <laughs> that he keeps his acupuncture needles in, my mom sews and has the very same pincushion, the exact same pincushion that Steven Seagal wow. uses to keep his acupuncture <laughs> needles Seagal's in. Steven
0: Seagal's run in that montage scene is a little weird. He, he has weirder, the weirdest yeah. run
4: in the history of runs. And, I, you know, I've heard, I haven't heard, <laughs> I have watched a Steven Seagal movie in a really long time, and I'd heard people say this, but, and I, I would be like, no, nah, that can't be possible. That, there's no way that it was that extreme. Did you guys notice that in the entire movie, not one shot landed on Steven Seagal? Nobody can land even a punch or a kick on Steven Seagal. You can shoot him with a gun; a gun might take him down temporarily, because again, hard to kill. But not one person. He fights like forty people over the course of the movie, hand to hand combat. Not one person can land a punch yeah. on Steven Seagal. Hey, no it one is- gets any. It's like a Brock Lesnar match; like no one can get any <laughs> offense in. It's amazing. It's a ma- it, it's- it's a- it's- the whole thing, the entire movie, and every Steven Seagal movie is an exercise in stroking Steven Seagal's ego. But that's you, absolutely true, yeah. Do you remember the- right. Do you remember the scene in the hospital when he's in the coma? Yep. And the nurse is hoping that, that he wakes up? Kelly LeBrock, yeah. And she lifts the sheet. Oh, Storm. <laughs> Wait, just to just to reiterate. Because you've, you've now stumbled upon my least favorite part of the movie. Sorry. Just so, I know. I'm jumping around no, 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 here. No, no, this I have good. a he's lot to say. He's
1: in a coma. In a coma. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Go ahead. He's
4: in a coma <laughs> for seven years, and she lifts the sheet, Storm. looks at his manhood, and says, "You have so much to live for."
3: That's a great
4: scene. <laughs> Please wake up.
3: And if I'm not mistaken, shortly after that film came out, <laughs> they got married in real life. Oh my and, god.
1: And we're, we're married for quite some time. Okay. Do you think the script? The script gets written. And, and, and then Seagal through, gets his hands on they're, it. They're, they're yeah. going through a table read, right? They're going through a table read. Oh, Seagal read, don't And it, do it, gets table to that, it gets to that part. And Steven
4: Seagal says,
1: eh, He's this like, scene needs a little something extra. Hey,
4: what if she uh, looks at my junk? <laughs> well, I've been you in the
3: coma guys- for
1: seven years.
4: <laughs> I, firm, I firmly
3: believe that in Seagal films, the rule is you can't touch Seagal. But that's not part of the act. That's the real rule, is my guess. So that there is... I bet Steven Seagal says, nobody touches me.
0: Man. <laughs> the fighting does seem a little disoriented at times, where it's just like, it's not the smoothest of combat. And there'll be a punch thrown at Steven Seagal, and all of a sudden, like, he'll just grab it, and yep. it's not smooth at all. So I, I wouldn't doubt well, that. Well, there much. is
1: even a scene when they were driving around in that Jeep, and yes. they had the windshield in front. And they're literally driving toward three guys with guns. who are just like rifling off shotter, yeah. or shot or shot, and they even show the bullet holes in the. Fr- so they show the bullet holes in the front windshield, right? And did
4: I catch a few a few scenes in or a few shots in that scene, that action sequence where guys were like shooting old Tommy guns, like from, yeah, they were. from gangster <laughs> they movies were. in the fifties? <laughs> yes, they yes. probably found them <laughs> yes. in some back lot. Yes,
1: let's this so, so it's like you're driving right at. Three people with Tommy guns and a shotgun and a pistol, or whatever. Yeah. And there are bullet holes all over the front windshield. And yet, Steven Seagal and Kelly Brock come out completely untouched, unscathed, and run over them as they get close enough.
0: I was watching it this morning, and that Jeep scene where they're driving through the field at guys who are shooting at them, there was one cut to the Jeep where I could have sworn the driver was on the other side driving. It was
1: a European stuntman yeah. that they brought in for that scene alone.
0: Hey, man, it's a Seagull <laughs> film, okay?
1: Anything is possible. <laughs> All right, Jonathan, what is your favorite part about Hard to Kill?
0: Uh, one of my favorite parts is easily the, uh, the escape from the hospital, when the doctor is pushing out the bed that he's laying on and just hitting literally yes. everything she could find. And you know what? The first, when they come out of the elevator and yes. she
4: runs right into a wall, yeah. I don't think that was at all scripted or... Pla- Seagal looks like he's jarred and, like, it hurt a little bit. And you see him, like, readjust and get his legs up off like that. they were hanging off the gurney and he readjusts and puts his feet up on and the gurney. just
0: go with it the rest of the chase scene out till she gets him in his car. So, in her car. So, I took
1: elaborate frame by frame oh. notes of this exact scene. Okay,
0: so what happens is he he finally.
3: What,
1: waits. Are, you doing? what are any he's got, of us doing with he's our? He's got lives? the cane, right? Yes. No, no he, he has a, a broomstick or a broomstick. A broomstick. Yeah. Yeah. That is
0: hilarious. So, he's just pushing and, himself away. And, with and the we'll get stick. we'll get to
1: the the bad guy doctor guy because there's something to be there's a there's a rabbit hole there too. Okay, <laughs> so Steven Seagal snaps out of this seven year coma. Yep, and he realizes within like. A few minutes yep. of being in a seven-year haze and coma, he realizes we're all in danger still, right? So he's with. Well, when he wakes up, though, his
3: eyes—it's so great because they're playing the music, and all of a sudden, he like—he looks like my dog when she wakes up, sort of this disoriented. Oh, now I'm. But would you remember like, after
1: being in a coma for seven years, within a like within like sixty seconds of of awakening, like, would you would you realize? Oh, that's right. Like I'm being, I'm being chased by horrible people and corrupt
4: senators and things like that. Would f- I? Probably not. Would what? Mason Storm? Yeah. Clearly, yeah.
0: Thank what's you the sure. first Jack thing you guys on. are asking if you break out of a seven-year coma? <laughs> I
1: need food. Like so, somebody needs <laughs> so some food for God's sake. <laughs> but he, but he whispers. He whispers to <laughs> Kelly Brock. He says, "If you don't get me out of this hospital within an hour, we'll both be dead." And she doesn't take him seriously. And fake Dr. Goon guy comes in. Yes, he murders multiple people in cold blood, which we'll get to. Okay. Yep. So, so as John explains, <laughs> Kelly Brock rolls this hospital bed out the front door down the like the, the ramp, the handicap ramp. It starts ramp, going whatever, too right? fast. Yeah. And then she just like she she grabs him by the shirt basically and just like throws him into her convertible, which <laughs> is know? by the way a really nice car. It was. It was very nice, but. I take issue with take the issue. The, cr- the crony guy who pretends to be a doctor, right? Yeah. Rolls in, kills multiple people in cold blood with with several eyewitnesses who saw him. Like, yeah. there was even question as he walked into the building, like, mm-hmm. is this guy a real doctor or not? Multiple people saw this guy's face, okay? Mm-hmm. And he kills multiple people, but then Steven Seagal gets away. The next day, or sometime in the next couple days... This guy shows up to a very public political rally with Senator Guy, right? You'd think if you just killed multiple people in cold blood, you might be on the you should run? probably like
4: stay on the down low I don't know. It didn't make sense to me.
2: No.
1: That
4: I, didn't make sense to you? That part
1: of the movie, on, so that you, one part of the movie didn't here. make sense to you? I will not disparage.
4: I will not be on a show where we're disparaging this great film. While we're talking about things that didn't make sense about his coma, how come only his goatee grew? <laughs> <laughs> Not the rest of his beard. Well, clear, his hair wasn't any longer. Clearly
1: below the the sheets. Something grew
3: because that's why Kelly LeBrock <laughs> peeled the sheets back and said, "Storm, you have so much to live for."
1: Oh, I geez, mean, is it possible Mike, that Kelly LeBrock was? Was shaving his face and manscaping him during the seven-year coma? You never but know. she just decided to
4: leave the the Fu Manchu goatee? What? Why? <laughs> Can we please? Well, why would he not have facial hair on his cheeks? I don't know, man. Can we
3: please discuss the the supporting role played by O'Malley and how great that character is, and the several great lines, including the the one right before he, he gets shot by the bad cops when he says. You guys don't deserve your bleepin' badges. Yes. And he's shot like three times, and then they shoot O'Malley, him again O'Malley and he, laid it all
4: on
1: the line. And O'Malley
3: won't die. He By won't way,
4: die. Speaking of O'Malley, when he first finds right, Sonny run. When he first finds Mason Storm, and then he leaves, and Sonny's like, You have to find my son and get him somewhere safe. Da, da, da. And then <laughs> and then the and then the woman shows back up at the house where they're the safe house that they're staring at. Nice that is house. the weirdest that is the weirdest exchange in the history of film. Do you guys remember that exchange between him and, between him and the woman? Do you guys remember that? So she walks in and she goes, I forgot. So, somebody had just been killed. I forgot who it was. She goes, she's Thank all. She's, she's devastated. And she's like, so-and-so is dead. And he's like, it's okay. O'Malley was here. <laughs> and she goes, what? How did he find you? He goes, she, he, goes he followed you my son is alive. Then he just lays a kiss on her and they cut to the next scene. That's that's all the dialogue for the entire <laughs> scene. And she's totally fine about her friend who just got murdered. She doesn't think about it for one damn second. Next scene, they're packing. They're packing to leave and she goes, this isn't going to be my best packing job. And she's like all perky and happy all of a sudden. Do you know what the most important thing is?
3: The cassette tape was safe. That's true. Because we had to keep the cassette tape yeah, safe.
1: But here's the thing. So How about
4: when he just ripped out a chunk of the wall to get the cassette recorder?
1: <laughs> and then blamed it on the bad content? Yeah. I remembered was doing a lazy job. I remembered it was, remembered it was there. Yeah.
4: That's the other great thing. <laughs> so so
1: he gives the the audio tape cuz like the main premise is he has filmed and the reason why he's in a coma to begin with he has filmed corrupt senator right. like making some bad deals. You could take that to the bank. Yep. The blood bank. Yes. <laughs> and uh and so this tape is still floating around 7 years later. They wind up giving it to his kid, who has it in a very like an unzipped and loose wearing windbreaker, and he's doing like sprints up and down the street. That tape would have 100 percent fallen out of that windbreaker. I'll have you know, unless he had like a zip pocket the on kid it or could something. run too though he could so he's here, Here's what I want from you guys now, okay there's a lot of meat on the Steven Seagull. Bone here, and that's the wrong way to phrase that. <laughs> mm. Absolutely. Weird. Did you capture that, Jonathan? <laughs> Completely yeah, if I don't hear way. that Monday yeah, at four o'clock, I'll be very disappointed. Thank you. Really unfortunate that I just said that the way that I said it. Yes, yes Phil. What are yeah, your sure. favorite Steven Segal observations from Hard to Kill? Because I'll i I'll start you guys with this one. <laughs> you All right. can, you can start. Did you guys notice that he walks with his arms folded? What? Yeah. No. He walks like in front of him. Like there's a, there's two or three scenes, especially yeah. where he's out hanging out with O'Malley for the it. first time. He's got the super t- like uncomfortably tight jeans where you can see every like every outline completely unnecessarily. And he's and he's walking up and down, talking with his friend O'Malley, with his arms fully crossed. Have you guys ever walked with your arms crossed? Before? No, no. Why would I, I do that? Steven Seagal. Does.
3: Super weird. Well, he yeah. is a. Really, really weird guy, so I'm not surprised. But
4: I never thought about it, but you're right now now that I do. All right, what are some other Steven Seagal observations from you guys? I pretty much already gave you mine, that the entire thing is an exercise in stroking Steven Seagal's ego. From nobody being able to land a punch to the nurse looking at his junk when he's been in a coma for <laughs> seven years and saying, you have so much to live for. Like, the whole thing, the whole movie is just stroking Seagal's ego. It's ridiculous. What about the fact
1: that he loves to narrate everything as it's happening? You guys <laughs> notice that? So he's, like, crouched down, and he's trying to film the corrupt politician on the docks, and it's dark, right? And he's just, like, narrating the whole thing, right? It's like, come That's on. I need you to see. Get say. out of the, yeah, Get in the light. On. Yeah, come on. <laughs> The whole movie is Steven Seagal basically narrating it.
3: Yeah, because he's the it.
0: star, man. He's the star of the film. It's his film. Uh, all right, all right. Is it just me or is he whisper talking the entire movie? Oh, he does, yeah. Yeah, he does. Do you guys remember his reality show where he thought he was a cop?
1: Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, goodness. Mm-hmm. It definitely happened. He play- so
3: he basically played that role ten times? Yeah.
1: <laughs> to differing... Never got punched once in ten movies, apparently. He got no. shot a few times, but... no. All right, so we've gotten to the rating portion here, right? I believe last week we decided that we were going to we were gonna rate on a 1 to 10 Seagal scale. Oh, wait, wait, wait.
0: One well, we more thing. We said
4: it would either be One more Seagals thing. or Van Damme's. Yeah. It's Seagal. It's Seagal.
0: Yeah. Seag-
3: Does Stephen Seagal, in his array of action films, find more ways to break people's appendages than any actor in history?
1: Like the way he broke that like guy's Like he doesn't arm? want to
3: shoot you. But he wants to break right, your leg. He loves, legs, he loves your bending ankle. things in
4: directions
1: yeah. they don't bend. But
3: so I he, think he sure. might, I he, think he might be the most prolific breaker of bones of any actor ever.
1: That's a because
0: he had the wrist. He had the ankle, and then he had the arm. He broke a
1: neck. Oh yeah. He broke an arm, but like, he broke a wrist, and he broke an ankle.
3: Schwarzenegger. Would, and a leg.
1: He broke a leg in there too. Schwarzenegger. The guy's
3: leg. Broke necks constantly. He loves to break necks. Segal, I think in Hard to Kill, might break two necks, and that's it. He doesn't break a ton of necks.
0: I mean, breaking. Segal just wants to break bones.
3: But the weird thing too is, is and hard to kill is guilty of this throughout. Seagal will break your leg, and the person will just die. <laughs> and you want to tell them, no, no, no. Let's let's go back to this. Like Schwarzen, Schwarzenegger <laughs> breaks next because that kills you, and now you're dead. But in in the fight scene in the safe house, he like will break a guy's leg and he'll go ah, and he's like. He's so
0: he's dead? He can't be dead. He just broke his yeah, ankle. That's
1: yeah, cuz you've never had your ankle broken by Steven Seagal. By the way, yeah. how is
0: there like 12 guys shooting up that safe house yet none of them can land a shot on Steven Seagal? I know. I thought of that too. It's yeah, almost right. like they're all stormtroopers from Star Wars. They just cannot <laughs> shoot straight.
3: And there's one problem too. So in in the final huge fight scene where the where I think the senator's right-hand man comes down and he was a cop. And he he's the guy that he puts the message about death to and he, that's the guy that takes his gun and starts just shooting randomly and missing everything. And then he runs out of bullets and spikes his gun down and picks up, picks up the type of thing that you put in the fireplace. Fire the, to the to the mix. Fire yeah. 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 And then just throws it again randomly. So Seagal takes that guy and he takes his tie and like barely pulls the tie and the guy falls down dead. Well, no. Here's is what he happened. Dead or is he
1: choked out? No, he
4: was.
3: He. I was so, wondering
4: what happened
1: there. Here's too. what happened. Here's what happened.
4: I, this is great. And then he's got the great line. He, now you're a good guy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What does that even mean? I forgot about that. I meant to ask you guys about that. So what, what does, does that, that even mean? So you got to watch this again, Rami. So he chokes him with the tie, still right? Like Forty hours he, left on
1: he, the rent? he chokes him with the tie. Now you're a good guy. And he choked him so much, the guy is on the ground, and he's like still kind of alive, but yeah. Steven Seagal has has tied the tie so tight. Okay that he needed five extra seconds to writhe on the ground and then died that way. That's how it played out. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. Just a little bit just for clarification. Okay. So, he's it's, doing the rock so it's plausible. It's totally plausible
4: is what you're saying.
1: We'll do it. It'll be an athlete challenge on Scornar Social <laughs> now Media. you're a good producer. <laughs> so here's the other question, all right? Like, the senator, I feel like there's a, a deeper dive to be done on just how terrible of a human being Senator Trent is. A lot yes. of different pieces of evidence, but one in particular. You guys remember when he was in the hot tub with his little gal pal friend? Uh, yes. mm-hmm. yeah. And he's li- the operas off, and he's living in like this mansion, right? Yep. And his right wing crony guy comes in to basically say, like, "Hey, Stephen Mason Storm is is yeah, on, on, on the way, and things are about to happen." Yep. He a brushes off his crony buddy. Wants nothing to do with it, and then thinks twice after the guy leaves and tells the gal, "We're not going to the theater. Was it? They were going to go to a play or yep, something? The opera, yeah, opera. I think. Yeah, and treated her very, very poorly.
3: Oh, he was yeah. a yeah, not a good yeah. guy. Lost. Yeah,
1: told her to get lost. Get lost. A couple yeah, of bad do, words. Yep, get lost. Yep. Okay. But how is it that someone? And I realize I'm asking this during uh, a moment in our country where there are a lot of political opinions going on here. But like, wouldn't somebody? have sniffed out at some point over those seven years how terrible of a human being and a murderer and a philanderer Senator <laughs> Trent was?
4: No? Okay. That wasn't really among my concerns. Okay. So, now really. you're a good president. <laughs> I'm just wondering. I he was a bad guy. Yeah,
3: how could a terrible guy who treats women like that get away?
1: Okay. Let's, move on, to the,
3: let's move on to the next part of the... So.
1: How, how would you rate... <laughs> On a 1 to 10 scale,
0: oh.
1: hard to kill with Steven Seagal. <sighs> Rami Maklov, I think mm. you should start us off because you're not going to be as positive as I am. The ratings for, <laughs> for Bloodsport last week were 3, 2, 2, and 6. I like the movie more on than you On a scale guys of did.
4: 1 to 10, right? Man. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, think I, to I think 10. I
3: give it a,
4: a 3, right, Phil? Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> we'll start with Rami. Yep. Start with Rami. Like how good it actually was or how bad it was that it made it good? I'm still not clear on how we're rating on how we're rating this. Open discussion. There I we feel
3: have. whatever is in your heart should come out. Yeah.
4: Like if we're going, because there was a moment, and Mackie and I talked about this a little bit from eight feet apart in the office earlier today. <laughs> like it was, it was so bad that it was good to the point where you were like, "Man, I kind of don't want this to end." The yeah. part, and I haven't brought this up yet. I tweeted it, and I did, and I texted it directly to you guys. His training scene. Directly followed by, by a love scene where he looks like he's training for a slap fight. He's just flailing his arms around like I'm doing right now on the video stream. It's I laughed at, I kept rewinding that and laughing at it like five different times. I spent a good portion of my time last night. Someone
0: tweeted the, the station account. Yeah, the I saw GIF the gif. It.
1: I told Rami earlier today, this movie could have lasted thirty more minutes, I and, probably, I w- and I would have been in. for Yeah, all and, the, and then yeah.
4: the Chuck Mangione. The boop, 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 after you just watched a guy get massacred, and then and then killed four guys himself. If we're going by, it's so bad that it's good. This is like an, this. This is eight Seagulls right here. This is eight. This is probably eight or nine Seagulls. I'm gonna give it nine. Dude, nine Seagulls. I mean, so wrong, bad it's good be. scale. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Yeah. This is.
3: The perfect Seagal film. There's, there's challengers. There's about two or three Seagal films that are really good, including this one. But this is the perfect one. It's ten Seagals to me.
0: Oh
1: wow! Perfect ten. God, wow. It's ten this Seagals. Is the
4: standard.
3: I, it's so good. Ooh. And yes, it's at times it's questionable. But I mean, come on, Seagal's great. O'Malley's fantastic. You guys don't deserve your badges. As he's being shot
0: like eight times and he doesn't die. That's amazing, Jonathan. The chase scene. Just Jonathan, on one, one to ten seagulls. I had so much fun watching this so bad it's good movie. I'm going to give it seven out of ten. Okay, seven seagulls out of ten. And I'm
1: and I have it. I'm going to I'm going to stand at what I had it before we started the discussion. It's an eight. And I thought eight was like, it, so we give it a seven, eight, a nine, and a ten. That's pretty damn good. It's <laughs> pretty damn good. It's like it's fun. Hard to kill. Gosh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna watch it again tonight. I think. Let's see if see if my wife wants to. Just watch appreciate it just
3: the other actors too. That's the important thing. I missed.
4: Never miss. I never miss. Yeah.
6: I'm gonna take you to the bank, Senator Trent. The blood bank. To the blood
4: bank. Yes. I sent Jonathan the the Terminator thing. Did you get it, Jonathan? Yeah, I have it. Give me Seven seconds again. into that clip that I sent you. It's the go. same exact thing.
6: Uh, Maybe.
0: Let's play this one first.
6: I'm gonna take you to the bank, Senator Trent, to the blood bank.
4: (laughs) (laughs) No, that's not it.
1: That's it, right there. It's the same thing. It's pretty close. It's pretty close.
3: You know what? It was a great. It was a great era. Everyone could share the same type of
4: music. All right. What's our movie for next week? I think it's Rami's turn, turn to choose. Yep. Go ahead, Rami. You want to give me some options? Don't you have a list there, Mackie, sure. for us to pick yep. off of? And if there's something off the list
1: or something that needs to be put on here, then we're open to all suggestions. I'll give you what we have on the list so far. You pick one. Okay. Point Break. All right. Con Air. Roadhouse. Roadhouse. Speed. Air Force One. The Rock. Face Off. True Lies. 48 Hours. I'm going to leave Under Siege off because we just did a single War. Yeah, well, yeah we, got, we can't
4: do it. You no, know, I, got, I got it. I okay. already know which one I want. It's Con Air. Yeah. It's Con Air. Nick right. Cade, Steve Buscemi, Dave Chappelle, for crying out loud. Dave Chappelle is in Con Air. There's and no you know way, what? Okay. I think we're going to walk away from that. I think. I could be wrong. Actually, thinking it's a better movie than we remembered. Okay.
1: I mean, it, it's one of the greatest movies of the 1990s, so I don't know But I mean, actually I'm good. Like, not,
4: not so bad it's good. I mean, actually good. That's unfortunate. I believe also Leanne Rhymes
1: became a superstar in this when her uh, How Do I Live Without You song, like, went to number one. I think really? this produced a number one song in the country, pretty sure. All right, so Con Air for next time. Hey, week. so
3: Ch- Chad tweets that uh, Stephen Seagal and Kelly LeBrock's daughter, Orissa LeBrock, was invited to
1: WWE for a tryout. Interesting. Orissa, A R I S S A, according to Chad. The more you know. And that puts a wrap on the second ever episode you gotta of Mackie and Jump with no, Rami. No, you got to whisper it. You got to go Seagal. And that puts a wrap on the second ever edition of Mackie and Jump with Rami Action Movie Rewind. We put-
6: I'm going to take you to the bank, Senator Trent.
1: That's right. When we
0: come back, we will wrap <laughs> with Roycey. Jonathan here with the Score North download. Just want to let you know about a partner we have here at Score North. During the coronavirus pandemic, the, need, the needs remain high for our local Ronald McDonald House Charities Upper Midwest as they work tirelessly to provide food, shelter, and a wide array of support services to families with seriously ill or injured children at their Twin Cities locations. Thanks to Luisa Rise and the Minnesota Twins, one lucky person who makes a donation of any amount at scorenorth.com will receive a signed Louisa Rice Minnesota Twins jersey. Your contribution allows the Ronald McDonald House to continue to provide critical services to families dealing with a child's health crisis. To donate, please visit scorenorth.com. Keyword, donate. That's been your ScoreNorth download. Now back to the final segment of the week of Mackie and Judith Rami.
1: Thank you, Jonathan. We'll wrap with Royce in just a little bit here. Um, how are you guys doing week three of quarantine life? You guys
4: still sane? Yeah, for the most getting, part, getting squirrely at all. I think it's a little easier for us. We get to come out and come here. It's true. You know what I mean. That breaks up the monotony. A lot of people are literally in their homes for twenty plus hours a day, and that maybe even more than that if you're not going and getting some fresh air and going for a walk. <laughs> I got a text from a buddy yesterday or this morning
1: that said, "I have not been outside my house in eighteen days." This really has, has enough groceries and whatever like or orders. No food. walks. Like and you can can go for walks. walks. Now, people can go for walks, but people are also abusing that too. And now that we found oh, out yeah, just don't what's get close abusing together, it, they like, like walking together. in groups oh, okay. or yeah. Yeah.
3: by the lakes, they, they start to do that.
1: Yeah. And now that we have found out that it's not just like coughing and sneezing, but you can actually, if you are too just close to someone breathing. and breathing the air and yeah. stuff, it's like
4: at some point we're probably going to have to wear face masks. Actually, the CDC recommended that today, cloth masks. Did they? Yeah. And that's not from what I've read and heard. And I'm only getting this information from scientists and medical professionals. I don't listen to anybody else. That's not so much to prevent you from breathing in the virus. That's more to prevent you from touching your face directly. That's that's And it's the thing I struggle with the most, like of the stuff they're telling us not to do because I bite my nails a lot. I'm a chronic nose picker when I'm alone. So I touch my face. A lot. <laughs>
2: Thanks John- for that drop.
4: Jonathan
5: just
4: was, like, documenting <laughs> that was so th- 5.38 p.m. That's- What's your nose-picking style? What do you mean? Do you
1: go
5: Fingers deep? I think the oh, I go deep.
4: Not deep? Oh, no, no, no. I go digging for gold, guys. I go deep. <laughs> Which finger? For I sure. friends have done that, yeah. Either the index or the thumb. If you got to get the outer wall, you got to go with the thumb. That's the only way to get what the
3: right you- lever.
0: No pinky usage? No, never pinky. What do
3: you guys do when inevitably your eye itches? I've I've gotten a lot of eye itch problems of late, and I don't know how to get around it. I can't ignore
4: it. D- mean. Judd, that that is one of the hardest things for me because my hair will get in my face, and <laughs> it's and it's it's first of all it's just annoying, but it also kind of itches, and I want to brush it out of my face, but I don't want to touch my face. If I'm home, I'll I feel free to touch my face because I've washed my hands. I'm in my environment, fine, but when I'm out in public, that's hard for me. And also, plastic bags. When I'm walking my dog, and I gotta I gotta pick up his business. I always lick my fingers to get a better. Oh. You know, t- n- not after wait, I've touched the the what? poop. I lick my fingers yeah, so I can get a better no. grip on the bag and get it open. You know how like plat- or at the grocery store That's the pro- the me. produce bags. I don't do that. Yes. that are hard to open. Yes. So I will lick my fingers like you would to turn the page of a book. I'll lick my fingers to get a better grip and be able to open it. And I can't. I've. I, it's a tough habit to break, but I think I've done it. I think I've done it in both cases. Oh. I know. Not the nose picking. That's still going.
3: My fast. eyes itch, though, and I can't help myself. I have to itch Honestly, my eyes. If like,
1: I, I think if you, well, if you wash your hands yep. and you're just If you've home, just washed your hands and you're at home, what if you're, driving you're okay to touch your face. And
3: your eye itches. No, no, back, I don't, don't to touch it. Today.
1: Back of your hand?
4: But that's, like, I don't
1: know. Are we supposed to, like, not touch our faces for six months? Like, this is the hard part. Like, right now, my You really
4: shouldn't do itches. it just in general.
1: Well, I've made it this far. But, like, like, what about this, Rami? So is the rest <laughs> of the world, Mackie. This is new for all of
3: us. How about this? Have you been, I do I do think this any lot. of us have
0: been
4: through a pandemic before.
3: I rub my chin quite a bit. Is chin rubbing a problem? Yeah. Because I rub my chin all the That's time. It's right by your mouth.
4: Yeah. Big problem. I do it all the time. Yeah, this is, like... That's I mean, the number one culprit. Face touching is the number one culprit. You get corona on your head, you touch your face, mm-hmm. you get corona on your face... And viruses grow and spread. So, like, even if you, even if you're like scratching down here on your beard, viruses grow and spread. It's going to spread and get in your mouth or nose
0: or eyes somehow
4: into
1: All your respiratory system. All this talk about face
0: touching is really making you want to touch your face, it's, right? It's really making me very aware of how much my face itches right now.
1: Yeah, I had another moment, another apartment moment, Rami, that you'll probably appreciate. Mm-hmm. So, I told you a few days ago, I had a couple instances. One where. I uh I was on the elevator, the door opens on the second floor and a woman was going to get on the elevator. She saw that I was in the elevator and then just like looked down at her phone and pretended like she just she just stayed. She didn't want to get it, right? Uh then had the moment where I open up my door and then the apartment across the hallway opens their door. We make eye contact not wanting to enter the hallway at the same time. She just shut the door. I love that one. That's La- great. Last night the decision was in my court. So I was on the first floor. We had ordered some takeout, so mm-hmm. I went grabbed the takeout. No touch delivery, right? Grab the bottom of the bag, like Rami. I just went like straight for the bottom of the bag. So good advice. Mm-hmm. And so I am about to get. Let me think here. Uh, actually, I take the bag. I was I was on my floor going down to get the delivery, and the elevator door opens, and there's a woman in the elevator who is clearly coming down from above our floor. And I took one step toward getting in the elevator, and then realized, oh, oh, this might make them uncomfortable. I and then I was like, oh, but like I probably shouldn't get in the elevator too. And she's looking at me terrified, like, "Are you going to get in the elevator?" Uh, no, 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 no. And I just stopped and said, "You go ahead. I'll just wait for the next one." And she let out this sigh and said, "Ah, oh, thank you." And then the door closed, as if you were this hideous, disfigured man, which I am, but it's eh, not the point. But like. Those are According the. According to Judd, we're all hideous and disfigured right now. <laughs> well, now you're all gross to me. So. But, like, those are the moments, like the little moments that never existed a month ago, right? That you're literally like,
3: Can you I take can't get into road? an
1: elevator with somebody. Or, come, yeah, there's three How many floors up are you? Uh, I would prefer not to say. I'm four floors but like, up, man. But I'm, not taking,
4: I'm not taking no stairs. I'm really? Four Just four? I'm really? four floors. I got bad knees. No.
3: I think now is a stair time. That's just me. No, I, I mean, house, there, so. there, are,
4: there are stairwells, yeah. Okay. I have a better chance of blowing out a knee with all those stairs than I do of getting the coronavirus. I got I to gotta weigh the risk here, Judd. And you, there's
3: a potential that you'd be there for months. Right.
4: Nobody's going to find me. Yeah. Everybody's or, locked, or in, their house. Right, Everybody's locked in their apartment. Or they walk right by you. Yeah. My dog will probably end up eating me. <laughs> that could take a while.
3: The dog <laughs> would be actually dark. well fed. Make sure,
1: make sure you film it. Yeah. yeah. It's super dark. Make sure you film it. Content. Content, content. Uh, I I, I want to get to this story that was put out by the NFL today, but I want Pat to be on the line to hear this because okay, if there are people out there wondering, you know, what am what am I going to watch? I mean, I've binged everything. I've watched Tiger King. Now there's people that are just refusing to watch Tiger King because everyone's watching Tiger. I've King. I've seen but, that become a big debate. But we'll bring Pat in here if if you're running out of TV options, you're running out of binge options. Fear not, Patrick Roycey and the rest of the listeners. <laughs> Because NFL Red Zone Channel, starting on Monday, is gonna re-air every single week from their schedule three times <laughs> per day. So so on Monday Think I won't. On Monday, we're gonna have week one, Scott Hansen in its entirety, three different times, once at eight, once at three, and then another time at night, and then Tuesday so that's
2: from last year or from when Red Zone started a hundred years ago
1: last year last year
2: oh just last year well they'll, they'll 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 have time to do every year here before we're out of this mess, so how long's it been on about ten years about eight years maybe something like that, yeah, 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 you'd be able to do the whole thing, yeah, I guess you could do that. Is anybody here I, interested I, in that? Yes. Yeah. I, okay. I, I, I've I've told you guys this before. I don't watch replay sporting events. They're very very similar. Now the Duke. Somebody mentioned the Duke UNLV game. I think this is the anniversary, and I'll watch that. One hundred three seventy three. Shashevsky taking that one on the shorts. I'll watch that one. But uh, that's about it as far as watching a watching a, a replay game. I might watch Clemson and the Gophers from '97 if that one were pop up. I might watch that, but uh, to see if it was as good as I thought it was sitting there on the sitting there in press roll and having the hair stand up on my arms. It was such a damn good game. But I, I don't watch. I, I'm just not into that. You know,
1: you're not interested in Week Four on on Thursday. <laughs> Scott Hansen
2: guiding you through. No bathroom break. I admire. I admire Quad box. Scott Hansen. Did I admire St. Godd Hansen. I think he, you know, I would never say this for sure, but he must smoke massive amounts of marijuana. Before
5: he <laughs> to, <show> <laughs> to mellow himself
2: out. I mean, you got to be, to stay that mellow with all that stuff being yelled at you, you have to, uh, you know, with all those earpiece things coming and firing at you, you have to uh, be very calm, and I think maybe that'll help him. I'm not sure.
1: You know, to Pat's point, when ESPN Classic came out like twenty years ago, when they announced, "Hey, we've got this, we've got all this stuff and all this footage and all these rights," I was so excited at the idea of ESPN Classic. Oh my god, this is gonna be great! There's just gonna be old games on all the time. I watched ESPN Classic like four times, and
2: I think the rest <laughs> it's of the country yeah. done a lot for is me. Yeah, is it still around, or is it just something they do occasionally now? It's I think not they, a network, right?
1: I think they might still have it on one of their like. No, I thought they. I thought they switched that to the to
4: ESPN U. Did they, yeah, they Is might in the have. ESPN classic ESPN U? Oh, oh, oh. That sounds right. Okay.
2: Yeah. Hey, did you guys you guys were talking about the great tweeter Rex Chapman? Did you see the one he sent out the other day on the old time fouls in the NBA?
3: Yes. It's great. <laughs> it's
2: unbelievable. They killed each other. It's like watch it's like watching the Broad Street bullies. Yep. Uh, Now, that's something I'll watch again. Is that uh, that still roaming around the documentary on the Broad Street Bullies?
3: It might be. But, yeah, 90s NBA, Pat, they would, like, guys like Starks and and Anthony Mason and Bill Cartwright and those guys, they would kill each
2: other. Charles Oakley? Oh, God, they just, yeah, and you get a, who shot foul, you know, there'd be five emergency workers out there. I got to tell you guys this story today. We're talking about brawls. Uh, So some guy on Twitter claims, uh, no, send me an email. Maybe it was Twitter. I don't know. That he went to a Twins opener where the crowd was all backed up and they couldn't get in. And there is a famous game like that, but I'm not sure which one it was. An opener. And then he went to the pain reliever, the strip joint on the east side, you know. And then he went to the Saint, Fighting Saints playoff game. And the, the crazy Harpo Goldthorpe, who's in Slapshot, uh, got in a big brawl, a famous brawl. Well, none of these things took place in that, in that. I mean, these all took place, but they all took place on different days. I mean, he might have went to the pain reliever after the Twins game, but the Twins and the Saints thing. I think this was just the dream of a young, young reprobate from St. Paul as to the greatest day of his life. Uh, drunk at a Twins game, strippers, and then uh, crazy hockey game. I was going to say maybe fight. he just but went
4: it, on, maybe just went on a serious binge, Pat. And one day it just blended into the next. <laughs> yeah,
2: <'cause laughs> it was the seventies, man. Give me a break. Day, <laughs> it was only a day apart. party. He might have been sleeping in the favor room a lot. Yeah, I, I
4: think, think that's what happened. But, I, yeah, sorry, Pat.
2: But it, I got to tell you this, Jeff. So. So I'm checking out if Harpo Goldthorpe, according to Hockey Reference, he was only here one year. So I called up the great Dave Ferroni, who was the the PR guy for the Saints and and a great uh, historian on all the nonsense of the Saints and everything. But he told me that they sent Harpo out to – there's a guy named from the Houston Arrows named John Shella, who I looked him up one year in the regular season. He had 239 penalty minutes. So Harry Neal is coaching, and he says, Harpo, when this guy gets out of the box, you go out and beat the crap out of him, right? So Harpo jumps over. the. Susie comes out, Harpo jumps over the boards, comes over, starts pounding on him, and they're both going to get five minutes. And Shella says, I didn't do anything. So they investigate. And Harper left his stick and gloves on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> which, which indicated which gave even the referee a strong hint that he wasn't out there to play hockey. <laughs> <That's> that giveaway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh man. It was unbelievable. Uh, anyway, Dave started telling stories about, he was with at with the, with the Gophers, too, the time Sodmore went into the stands in Duluth and took out about 25 people. <laughs> ah, old-time hockey judge, you can't beat
3: him. Wait, Glenn did? I didn't know that. In,
6: yes. In Duluth? the yeah, coach of the Gophers. The coach of the Gophers, yeah.
3: But he he Isn't went it? into the stands and took on took on the
6: crowd. That's somebody great. took
2: a kick. The crowd could like reach over and somebody took a kick at Antonovich, and he went okay. over the boards and went in there and got his shirt ripped off. And, um, and I don't even think he got thrown out of the game.
3: Well, that's the beautiful thing is you could not get thrown out of hockey games in the seventies. You would have to literally kill your opponent to maybe be thrown out.
2: Oh, and that done, might draw right. two game suspension. Hey, Phil and Robbie, you guys have seen that Broad Street Bullies documentary, right?
1: I have, yes. yes, yes, yeah, yeah.
2: Oh God, it's great. Well, Dave Schultz, was I mean, the greatest. it's unbelievable. Well, all of them were. I mean, they were insane. They just had these brawls, and then what? Well, then they'd just come back out and play. You know, somebody get a two-minute penalty for a. Everybody be everywhere. It was. It's amazing.
1: Yeah. I mean there is uh there is a case to be made for if hockey wants to like, mixed martial arts is very popular. If hockey can just yes. go back to try and go back to that? You no, know, there actually is. There is there is team mixed martial arts. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it where
4: oh, oh, it's like really? five oh, yeah. It's I five seen on that.
1: five mm-hmm. and what happens is as soon as the first person taps out, then it becomes mm-hmm. five on four and then it's just pretty much over after that. But I wonder if hockey could maybe uh maybe oh, maybe adopt something
2: like that. Well, Phil, what's the big brawl we got in wrestling man? They put fifteen guys in there and nobody comes out. What do we call it? Into- Battle Royal. They're all in The Royal
1: the Royal Rumble. Oh, yeah, or the yeah. Royal Rumble. Yeah. yeah, the Royal
2: Rumble or something and somebody comes out alive and uh, or, or maybe not. Would uh, that wouldn't that be more
1: entertaining than the current uh, I like overtime, but once we get to the shootout portion, you might as well just, just turn it, it bench, into a Claire Battle Royal. Royal. Yeah. Get both teams
3: out there fighting
2: Sunrise. Well, you know what? I'm not Mr. Hockey, but uh, I think the, the the modern hockey game that does let you score a goal is is better than the modern NBA game, which has taken its home run and turned it into the most minor, idiotic thing of all time. You know, okay, I'm going to shoot 45 threes and call it basketball. I hate it. Pat, are you desperate
4: it. enough for live sporting events that you're going to watch the two-night event that is WrestleMania this weekend? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> What's it cost me, 60? Well, you could actually subscribe right now, I believe, for free, for free to the yeah. WWE Network and then just maybe cancel your subscription on Monday. Or I'll give you oh, my really login. Sure.
2: Well, I once, uh, I once uh, invested in uh, the WWE Network, but uh, fortunately for I, me, I got out before it started making any money. So that's yeah. another, another great, racy uh, move there. <laughs> That's where
1: that happens. Well, Pat, we hope that week three of uh, weekend three of quarantine is good to you, and we'll talk to you on Monday.
2: All right, gentlemen. Goodbye. All right. So that's uh,
4: that's wrapping with Roycey. I'm dreading that, by the way. What's that? We're watching WrestleMania for, for Mania Rewind on Monday on Score North Live, and I'm dreading it because I haven't watched wrestling in. I don't know, twenty eighteen, 18, 17, 18 years, somewhere around there. So you don't really know who any of the current characters are? I have no are. idea. And all I know is... Well, the Undertaker is will be there. Whenever you know. I come across modern wrestling, it's bad, man. Is it's Paul really Bear dead. Bad. It's terrible. Paul Bear did die, I think.
1: Percy Pringle is his... He's my favorite.
4: Oh, Undertaker! Oh, Rami! Oh. Is The Undertaker still wrestling? Is he going to yeah. be in Mania?
1: Yeah, dude. He's in a... What's the match called? It's some kind of a. It's like it's a, bones, a, boneyard it's a boneyard match. Boneyard match against a boneyard AJ match. AJ Styles. Yeah. Where's Glenn Jacobs? He's. Uh, he's being a mayor. Trying to run Knox County, Tennessee, right now. <laughs> he should give that up and go back to yep. wrestling. Agree. Really looking forward to WrestleMania Rewind on Monday.
4: you no, not happy about I'm, this. I'm dreading this. We'll, we'll be back to WrestleMania. I don't want to give either. six even even with all the time I have on my hands now to sit in my apartment alone. I don't want to give six hours of my time to WrestleMania. <laughs> I don't.
1: Well. As always, Wrapping with Royce is powered by Josh Arnold Investments. Mackie and Judd with Rami, podcastable, including the happy hour quarantine from last night. Evening January Judd and podcast. Evening Judd, live on Twitter, Facebook, and Scornorth Twitch. Judd, go ahead.
3: Thank you, sir. Time to talk to Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold, where you always get straight talk. Not sugarcoated advice. You can get that straight talk by calling Josh Direct. 952-925-5608, or you can listen to Josh right now with the Market Minute. Hi, Josh.
6: Judd, WWE. Worldwide Wrestling Entertainment, publicly traded, pays a, a small dividend. Stock is trading a third of the high, and the high was last, last April at this time. Stock continued to sell off as people can't go and gather in large arenas, but the WWE does um, show a lot of old wrestling matches on TV, plus whatever they're made for TV viewing. And at some point, they're going to be available for going to in public, and money will return to them. So here's a stock that's trading close to a low, Business is still there. Plenty of people like Patrick like uh, worldwide uh, wrestling for a small portion of a portfolio. (laughs) And something. (laughs) Excuse me. You all right there? I'm I'm fine. Okay. I just get this little uh, post-nasal drip. And if I'm talking a little too fast, it acts up on me. Right. That that's it. Worldwide uh, entertainment could be interesting for a small portion of your portfolio that you'd like um, like to participate in in sports and give you a potential for for some upside. Likewise, you can also buy a portion of the Atlanta Braves. Well, baseball is is going to eventually come back for at least part of the season. There's the Atlanta Braves, also publicly publicly traded. Worldwide Entertainment uh, might offer, you know, a little better opportunity going forward. Mm-hmm. That's, that said, the stock market did uh, finish down today, 360 points, uh, typical of any bear bear market. Plenty of selling going on into the weekend as investors wait. Wait out uh, the weekend for any neg- negative news. And Monday could be a positive day should there be any positive uh, news on this coronavirus, positive news on the oil front, or any uh, better news coming with uh, with uh, some corp- corporate news. It is going to be uh, a very difficult uh, several months. Um, but if you start looking past this virus, whether it's one quarter, two quarters, or even three quarters, there's still plenty of opportunities out there. The asset allocation, the strategies I've used of keeping up to 30% in cash, 30 to 60% in value-oriented uh, stocks, and the balance investing for growth and for shorter term trading with the focus on internet companies, leisure related companies, and real assets, uh, continues to, to make sense. Uh, right now there, are, I've been continuing to find opportunities in technology related companies, i.e. the internet and some stay at home companies. We can even put Worldwide entertainment on that list of stay-at-home, particularly if you're watching on TV or on the Internet. Sounds so good, have Josh. Have a great weekend.
3: Talk to you,
1: Monday. Take care. Bye-bye. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC. A registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk.
5: Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar.